<laughs> there's so much in Matthew that, that we just never even touched, and yet we're wrapping it up today. As I said, I wish we could be together, um, but here we are. So open in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28, and I'm going to uh, use a phrase that I used a year and a half ago, and uh, if you don't have a Bible, pause the video because we can do that, and uh, go get one if you have one, and, and open up to Matthew chapter 28. Last week, uh, my father-in-law, Grant, he uh, opened up the word to us and, and took a, he, he called it from the orchestra pit view of uh, the cross and the resurrection. And Jesus, Jesus in that moment, buying the peace, <laughs> peace of God and how we're supposed to also hunt down that peace just in the same way he chases after us. And so I so was encouraged by just that thought that Jesus, by coming to the earth, was, was chasing after peace with people. And I love him for that. And I know you love him for that. And, and so, you know, as we, as we wrap up Matthew today, um, we just, I just want to bring us to a place of remembrance of, of some major themes and, and some major topics that we've covered in Matthew. I feel like we've covered almost everything that pertains to, to actually starting this life with Jesus, hearing the good news, and what it, kind of, what it looks like to follow him. And Matthew really laid that out for us. And so if you were here for the whole series, now there's a whole bunch of new people that have been added to the church, so you might have missed the first little while, but we really hammered home the two kind of major themes that just are glaringly obvious in Matthew. And I, I would love for you to shout that out at home right now. Yes, thank Nick. <laughs> kingdom of heaven is one. The kingdom, you can't go a page without seeing Jesus or Matthew highlighting something about the, this kingdom of heaven. And then also that Jesus is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. That this is a Jewish story and that Jesus fulfilled all of the prophetic. He fulfills all of the longings that are left at the end of the Old Testament. All of those open-ended questions like, will man ever be reconciled to God again? Remember that we, we said that Jesus, if the Old Testament was the bop, da 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 Jesus is the bop, bop, right, right. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. And we saw that right from the beginning as it starts with the genealogy. We see that Jesus comes from David's line. He, he is descended from David, which is one of, the, one of the prophecies. He was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem. It even is prophesied that he, he ministered and, is, and he was based out of Galilee. He was a prophet, a priest, and a king. He healed people of illnesses and disease, which was fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. He went to the cross and died and suffered as a perfect sacrifice, just like the Passover lamb, just like the sacrificial lamb in the Old Testament. Not only that, but, but he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead to conquer death. And he then goes on to fill his new covenant people with the promised gift, 
right from the Old Testament, that he fills his people with the Holy Spirit. So much is accomplished in Jesus. So we have this kingdom of heaven and we have this Old Testament prophecy fulfilled. Remember that our faith is not just some random thought up faith. This is the history of the world. This is a historical faith that we stand on. And it is truth. It's truth. Jesus checks all these boxes is actually mind-blowing. And so I just wanted to remind us of that as we remember where we've been through Matthew. And so then we hear of this kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like, and so, so often it, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven. And it gives us this picture and this thought. And Matthew really, really, really highlights Jesus is a king. Jesus is the true and real king of Israel. And he is the king of the world. And that is what he came as. He came descended from royalty. He came in David's line, a royal son. He is the king of heaven. And that has huge implications for us. If he is actually a king, and we want to be in this kingdom of heaven, he has every right over us. He is Lord and King and boss. Thankfully, he's the most loving and gracious person ever. And it's a joy to be under this king. And so Jesus is the king of heaven. And as Jesus entered the earth, Philippians 2 tells us that he humbled himself. Though being in the form of God, he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped or, or held onto, but he emptied himself by coming in human likeness. And so Jesus, in, in well, Christmas time, the Christmas story, he came as a baby. He came as a baby, but as a king. And coming as a baby, by humbling himself, he lived out a human life. And he got scrapes and bruises. And we, we saw many times throughout his story that, that he experienced the fullness of the human experience. And it's because it was a man, an Adam, and in Eve, it was humanity that brought the curse of sin on the earth. And God in his justice, it was only going to take a perfect sinless man to reverse that curse. Unfortunately, for every single human since Adam and Eve, we inherited this sin disposition. And so God himself humbled himself and he emptied himself to come as a man. Because man started the curse, man had to end the curse. And in Jesus, as man and as God, it was finished. Hallelujah. Amen. So these are all just reminders of us. Really important, big, big things for us to remember out of Matthew. And that was the point of Matthew. Many people would sit down and, and read this in one reading. And the point is you're supposed to get to the end of this and just say, Wow. This Jesus guy, he ticks all the boxes. He's amazing, and I want to put my entire life into his hands. And I hope that's where you're at. He is so good. 
I, I pray that you put your entire life in this Jesus, the King of Heaven's hands. As he walked the earth as a man, not only, not only did he go to the cross for us, but he also lived a life. And he lived a life as we saw in his baptism when this, the Spirit descended on him like a dove and the Father said, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. We saw that Jesus lived as a man filled with the Spirit. And he set an example for what living in the kingdom of heaven is like. And now none of us will walk like Jesus did perfectly. But he set an example, an expectation just a taste of what walking with God, being a kingdom citizen, is like. And so Jesus, we know that he never sinned. We know that he was loving and peaceful. It says that he was gentle and, and lowly in heart. We know that Jesus was powerful. We know that he cast out demons. We know that he healed the sick. And all of these pieces are are a part of being a spirit-filled kingdom citizen. And I hope that that gives you faith. I hope that that gives you expectation that God can use you. Because Jesus, as we reflected on the new covenant, especially as we thought about the new covenant at the Last Supper, as he fills his, his people with his spirit, his intent is to carry the work of Jesus that he was doing here on the earth, his, his intent is that it carries on through his disciples. And that's where we come to today as we open up Matthew chapter 28. Jesus had gone to the cross. He was now alive and raised from the dead. That's mind-blowing. And now we come to this last paragraph in Matthew chapter 28. And it's Jesus's great commission to his disciples. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to think about it a little bit together. Starting at verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and said to them, all authority, this, this is the words of Jesus, listen careful, all authority in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus in some of his final parting words to his disciples was a command. And it was a command to carry on the mission. And I've titled the message today, The End and the Beginning. Because this was Jesus's end of his time physically on the earth. But it was just the beginning of this movement of restoration and of forgiveness, and of, and of reconciliation to God, of peace and joy and hope and love in Jesus, that was just beginning. And it was the disciples' jobs, and they, it was, uh, they were commissioned by Jesus 
to go and to spread this to the entire world. Jesus came to start a global movement that would save humanity. Anyone who would accept the invitation to come into his family. And so Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go. That has to hold some weight for us. That has to hold weight. As, as we call ourselves disciples, remember Jesus was a rabbi. We've been through this many times. Jesus was a rabbi. And as a, a disciple of a rabbi, you want to become just like them. Carbon copies. You want to walk like they walked. You want to talk like they talked. You want to eat the same things. You want to believe the same things. It's not just believing. It is a lifestyle. It is a following and a patterning after the life of Jesus that these guys were called to, which is why he says, go and make disciples. You guys are my disciples and you're following after me. Now I want you to go and make more of them. And I want them to look just like me. So go into all the places, all the nations, baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is mind-blowing for these guys because these were Jewish guys where God is one. So this was, this was a crazy concept for them. And Jesus really opens up this idea of the Trinity for them and baptized people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is a new thing. It's a new thing that Jesus was doing here. And he says to them, teach. Teach them. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Well, we pause there and we think, okay, teach them to observe. This was the disciples' job, but I'm telling you it's your job too as a follower of Jesus. To teach others to observe, to obey, to know all that Jesus has commanded his disciples. And so then we pause and we're like, hmm, it's almost like we just went through an entire book of Matthew and looked at Jesus' teachings and his life, and now we kind of have an idea. But let me remind us a little bit. This is what we've called kingdom culture. It's the Sermon on the Mount. We, we parked out on the Sermon on the Mount for a few months, and it is because of that. It's because we teach how to observe what Jesus has commanded. Jesus' good commandments, his commandments to love your enemies, his commandments to take care of the poor, to love mercy. His commandments are good. His commandments to not fall into sin. In fact, to be so far from it, you'd be like chopping off your hand or gouging out your eye if they would cause you to sin. To get right with God, to repent. Remember, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was Jesus' message. That's our message too. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. It's here in Jesus. And so the only way to step into and experience and know that good kingdom is repentance. And the Lord has called many of you to that already, and you have, and I praise the Lord for that. And the Lord is yet calling us to deeper levels of that. And for some of you, it's for the first time. Because ever since the beginning of time, man has been in rebellion against a holy and righteous God. But this holy and righteous God is also the most loving being we could ever imagine. And we've been rebelling. We've been rebelling. 
Throughout the Old Testament, God says he is jealous for his people. His affections are for them. Yet in their rejection, he is brokenhearted and, and enraged by that as well. Because it's not right. It's not the way he created it. He is after a love relationship with you and with me. And so we come to the Lord in repentance. And then we are baptized. And then we learn to walk in his ways. And we learn to observe all that he has commanded. We learn that his commandments, as we think of the Sermon on the Mount, really, honestly, guys, if it, as a believer, if this could be my advice to anyone, and I, I do this all the time, just read, honestly, you could read the Sermon on the Mount every single day of your life, and it would not be a waste. It is so rich and so good and so vital. And then not only did Jesus command these things, but then we have chapters upon chapters of Jesus walking it out. We see him loving enemies. We see him loving the poor and the broken and the hurting. And we see Jesus breaking boundaries in every way. Did he, you know, we, we often think of Jesus ate with sinners. He touched lepers, which were untouchable. He, he talked with prostitutes and, and tax collectors and the lowest of the low in the day. He also sat and ate with Pharisees. He also talked with priests. And he taught in the temple. Jesus interacted and invited all of these people into his kingdom. The message was the same. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so that's our message. And as Jesus sends out his disciples in this passage... Go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. So don't forget, don't forget that Sermon on the Mount. Don't forget all of the other parables and, and teachings. Don't forget those moments. I just picture Peter, James, John. All those little teaching moments over three and a half years that they were walking town to town. Jesus teaching them by example. I just picture them relaying that to, to these new believers that they were soon going to see coming into the family of God. You were to teach them the kingdom culture, the kingdom of heaven on earth, the pockets of the kingdom of heaven on earth. And it's not in its fullness yet, but we see glimpses. We see a foretaste. Every time you pray for someone and the Lord would heal them, I've seen it happen. It's a taste of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Every time someone praises the Lord, it's a taste of the kingdom of heaven on earth. You know, it's just the kingdom culture. Uh, so much in Matthew as we've read through. Again, this is just an overview of Matthew as we wrap it up. Because I do believe if we just focus on what we've learned in Matthew, this great commission, we're going to feel compelled. <laughs> if you actually get a glimpse, if you actually get any thought in your heart of how amazing Jesus is, we're gonna just going to want to, we're going to be like those shepherds at, in the Christmas story. They went and they saw Jesus, the Messiah, and they believed, and they just had to go and tell everybody about it. 
They just had to go and say, the Messiah is born. And in the same way, we, we just get to come and say, I've met this Jesus guy and he's changed me from the inside out. He's absolutely changed everything. I have peace and joy and love. And I invite you to repentance and entrance of the kingdom that you would experience that as well. That you would see your sin for what it is and come into that. And so if you have, then we are compelled to go and tell. Right? We're, we're compelled to go and tell about Jesus. Yet at the same time, we're thinking, okay, teach people to observe all that Jesus has commanded. Yet, we pause and we think, hmm, have we learned anything in Matthew about the Pharisees and the religious elite of the day? Boy, there's a lot in there, isn't there? About hollow religion. You used to think, if you do a quick glance over the book again, how much did we touch on the fact that you can get so far in thinking you are right with God in following a hollow religion, doing the do's and not doing the don'ts, and yet have your heart so far from God. That's an important theme in Matthew that Jesus really wanted to highlight for us. I think that's more, more applicable to our church setting today. I honestly do. I honestly believe that Jesus highlighted over and over and over again that we must, we must, there is no other option. We must be born of the Spirit, and we cannot do that. Only God can do that. So we must come in humble repentance and in awe of Jesus and beg him for his Holy Spirit that we would be born again. And then that we would take the steps of obedience beyond that place. So we teach people to observe the commandments of Jesus, yes, as we're making disciples. Yet without being born of the Spirit, you cannot even be a disciple. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. These are some of the major things that we've been learning through Matthew. And in its encouragement to press into God, to press into Jesus, to go after him. So as Jesus goes to the Father here, he, comes, he commissions his disciples to carry on the mission that they were already doing. In fact, he tells them to do the very same things that they watched him do and they heard him say, go with that same message. Just go tell people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then signs are going to actually accompany you. We see if we flip over to Mark chapter 16, um, there's certain pockets of, of church that uh, really don't like this version of the Great Commission. But um, it's in the Bible, so we're going to read it together. And Jesus says in verse 15, he said to them, or six, Mark 16, verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, the good news, to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned is just in line with what we've learned through the whole book. It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. They will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. 
Now, I don't believe it's talking about every time without a doubt because other parts in Scripture tell us that that would be the case. But this is something that happens. And this is an expectation to follow making disciples because this is a part of Jesus' great commission as recorded in the Gospel of Mark. This is a part of us going. This is a part of us going. And we use our resources, physical resources, but we also use heavenly resources as the Lord fills us with his Holy Spirit, as he fills us with his Holy Spirit. I hope that gives you an anticipation, an expectation that the Lord will send you out, that he is capable. You, you are not, <laughs> neither am I. I'm not even qualified to stand here before you today, but the Lord is good. And the Lord has a word today. And the Lord has a lot of good for your neighbors and for the loss that he is heartbroken over. And he wants to use you. Would you believe his words that he wants to use you because he's sending you just as he sent these disciples? And you don't have to go far. Some of us will be called far, but you can do it right where you are, right where you are. They will do these things because Jesus' time was coming to a close physically on the earth. Jesus' time was coming to a close, but it was only beginning, right? The end and the beginning. This global movement of God rescuing people through Jesus, this new covenant where he would remember our sins no more because Jesus took it all upon himself on the cross. This was just beginning. This was just starting because we know that after Pentecost, Peter gets up and he preaches a sermon after he's filled with the Holy Spirit and 3,000 people put their trust in Jesus and are baptized. That's awesome. I believe that can happen today. I believe God wants to use people today because Jesus hasn't come back yet. He hasn't come back in bodily form yet. And so the mission continues. Jesus's mission continues on the earth through his disciples, through me, through you. No matter who you are, if you follow Jesus, you are commissioned to go. And so as we consider all this about Jesus, we consider that he is king, that he is Lord, that he is rabbi, that he is good, that he's loving and peaceful, that he is holy, that he is powerful. We get to the end of Matthew and we read it all and we pause and we have a choice to make. I believe that Matthew actually highlights that choice for us. We can say yes to Jesus or we can say no. We can say, no, I actually don't believe Especially that whole, like, it's just coming after the, that whole resurrection bit. Like, I can believe Jesus said all these things and maybe even did a few miracles. But then that whole, like, being raised from the dead thing. And that now he's, like, just floated up to, to heaven somewhere with the Father. But you have a choice. Because that is true. And we can have lots of conversations about that. But if you believe that's true, now Jesus is saying, I have authority. Is what Jesus is saying. So go. Keep going, guys. Take what I have done and just go. He said to his disciples, he said to his disciples, it would be better if he were gone because they would do all the works that he did and even greater when he was gone. Do you believe that? Do you, do you believe that? Lord, give us faith to believe that what you said is true. You believe that. I believe that. 
We, I want to learn how to walk into that more fully. So as we go, as we are compelled to go, because once we say that, yes, yes, I believe, we're compelled. Jesus is either everything and amazing or he's nothing. It's not in between. There is no in between. Jesus is everything. <laughs> and he's amazing. And he is God. And so we go. We go by his agent, the Holy Spirit. We go in power. The power of God and the love of God. Until he returns. Until he returns one day and makes all things new and all things right. So our response to this good news that's what the gospel, this is the gospel of Matthew, the good news that Matthew wrote for us, all about Jesus. Once we see who Jesus is, we have a choice to make. We say yes, and then we go. Or we say no, and we walk away. And there's no in-between. I believe that. There's no in-between for us. Our response to this good news is to go and spread it, and to further the kingdom of heaven on earth as we are used of God in awe of Jesus and desperately in love with that king. And he has all authority and all glory, honor, and power is his forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, that you convict our hearts and God, I'm believing for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this place. I'm believing that your Spirit will, will touch our hearts in ways we have never known and never seen. Lord, I know that your word in the New Testament says that your plan for us is that we would mature in Christ. That we would know the Father deeply and that you would know us. Not that we would just come to you, pray a prayer, and, and get out of hell. But that we would be just enraptured, caught up in life with you. In the kingdom of heaven, Lord, would you pour it out. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May you have all glory and honor and power. Lord, we pray that today. And then, Lord, I pray. I pray that you would send us out and that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, increase in us in these days. Lord, what a timely word. Lord, just in these days where things are fighting for our affection, our attention, distractions are coming at us from all sides. Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray that you, you would be what we're fixed on. Lord, I pray that you would be our only, that we would see you as worthy. God, that you would bring your kingdom alive in us to love and peace and joy and hope in the Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would give us our daily bread, that you would provide for us as we do this. For apart from you, we can do nothing. I believe that. Lord, that you would keep us and not lead us into temptation, but that you would deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and will spend forever and ever loving and worshiping you. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen.